A year is such a long time. It goes by like that. But man, when you look back at what you can get done in a year, day to day, it seems kind of like you're not making any progress. But you look back at a year, it's insane how much you can get done. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Happy Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I just landed back in Austin, Texas. I have been in Mexico down in Playa del Carmen for a week at our first Dynamite Circle event on the beach in quite some time, and it was super fun. I got a bunch of stories, a bunch of insights I'm currently pulling together in some cohesive form and hope to get that to you next Thursday morning. Now, today's episode is something I am really passionate about since we've gotten very serious about growing the business Dynamite Jobs. Basically, if you have one takeaway from today's show, it's identify an important project in your life. It could be personal finances, business finances, physical goal, it could just be getting your life goals on track or whatever, and implement a regular review process around it. I'm going to introduce today's guest and then uh, introduce some of the reviews I've been doing lately. So part of how this episode came together was that Eamon, who is the former CEO of AppSumo and just gave an amazing ripping talk at PDC. I mean, I, I just didn't want it to end. I'm going to share some insights from what he he shared with us. But uh, he flagged up today's guest as creating an annual review system that has influenced him deeply. And so I went to the source. That source is Anthony Gustin, who's honing the ideas in today's episode for over 10 years. And you can download it totally free and online. It's in our show notes. So you can click on it right now on your phone and you can see us follow along Anthony's six steps. So this is something you can do quarterly or annually. And I love this approach He's sort of like, uh, it's very much a kind of done is better than perfect approach. So if you're struggling with committing or even to identifying goals in both business and your personal life, I highly recommend this. So I had a great time talking to Anthony. He's a real renaissance man. Uh, Some basic overview. He started out as a chiropractor and then got into e-commerce with high quality supplements and is now starting an initiative as a farmer here in the Austin area to create the kind of meat he believes is optimal for health. So before we jump into Anthony's process, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. It was so on topic for me. I found that, you know, when you care about projects and they're challenging, there's all these open loops in like GTD parlance, you know? And so many times in my life, just scheduling the time for a comprehensive review where you touch every element of the project can be extremely helpful and clarifying. Last year, I did this with my personal finances. So the final Friday of every month, I sit down for one hour. It's from 2 to 3 p.m. And I fill out this spreadsheet where I look at most of the transactions that went down over the past month. I change the net worth spreadsheet. I check every single bank account. I just touch every single thing in my financial life and it leaves me with a ton, a ton of clarity. And you could do this with anything, but I just encourage you to, if if you take one thing away from this episode, if you implement a review process like this, it can really make a big difference. Uh, Another anecdote, Ian and I have been doing quarterly reviews in the business. 
I'm also going to share a basic document that we use. So if you click on your phone or if you're on your computer, check out the show notes to this episode, you'll see the actual document that we walk through. And it might look tedious, maybe not tedious enough. I don't know. There's a lot of prompts on this document, but that meeting takes us about four hours. And when we get out of there, we've simplified down our business. We've said, are we going to do something about, you know, the financial strategy, the marketing strategy, the HR strategy, we walk through every single element of the business. And I really walk out of there with some clarity about we're on the same page, literally, and here are the next actions we're going to take. Now, we kind of fill out the answers on that document, and then we save a version of it. So now we have a record of what we've done every quarter. I think this is also a great opportunity for entrepreneurs to do this around their business financials. I think entrepreneurs, generally speaking, in our community, trust their bookkeepers and accountants too much because, again, it's complicated, it's stressful, there's a lot of moving pieces, and so let's let the experts do it. Well, with most important things in life, at the end of the day, you're responsible. you got to dig in and figure out what's going on financially there. So a lot of opportunities to take some inspiration from this episode and apply it in your own life. I hope that you do. Certainly, uh, having regular reviews for different elements of my life has been an absolute game-changing habit for me and has allowed us to make a lot of progress in our business in the past year. Okay, so enough throat clearing. Let's jump right inside Anthony's annual review process. Hopefully, it'll inspire you to create your own process around the projects that matter the most to you. For me, I need to have a change in an environment that's almost like a mental phase shift. I think one of the things that we've lost in our culture is rituals. Every phase of life had a ritual to it. And it was with our community and all these other things. And I think that for me, having the certain sketchbook, the certain pens, going to a certain spot for a certain amount of time at the certain place of year, I've now programmed myself over a decade to just get into this mindset so easily. And it's something that I anticipate even though I know it's kind of like a, a holiday with family, you're like you're excited, but you know, it's going to suck sort of thing. <laughs> and that's how I approach it. And so generally I like to be somewhere with not great Wi-Fi in nature and within driving distance, like I don't have to like do a lot of travel. So for example, this year, my fiance and I went out to Dripping Springs outside of Austin. So just got a cabin out there five days. For those who don't know, that's out there. Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. We're on the river. You have to have a full tank of gas to go out there, put it that way. Yeah, it was amazing. Sharpie pens for me. I get the colored bunch, eight by 11 sketchbook. No lines, no squares, no grid. Has to be open. I like to be able to spread it up, have like a full desk basically, and be able to draw all over it and write lines and get crazy. So that's a setup for sure. And the first day is really just getting off the device, turning the phone off, literally off. There's this period, this buffer period for myself that I've noticed of it takes like 24 to 48 hours after I shut off the phone to get to just like a normal state of my nervous system. We just try to hang out, be outside, cook, chat, sit there. I don't even read. I actually stop inputs, but a week or two before. So no podcasts, no books, nothing. So I want to stimulate as much of my own brain and my own activity as possible. So just quieting everything down. Well, let's dive in together then. So we've got six steps. The first of which is housekeeping, which I did a version of yesterday. So it's kind of interesting to see where our processes intersect and how I can learn from you. Like I'm at inbox zero right now. I just recently did my financial spreadsheet. So I know all my bank accounts, every single 
thing. My desktop doesn't have any icons hanging around on it anymore of like yeah. old documents. Like literally I have like all of my travel booked, like everything in my life needed to be touched, delegated, deleted, like classic GTD principles mm -hmm. for me to go through this day yesterday where I wasn't on the internet and where I sat and reflected with my business partner for a full day. So it sounds like you have a similar process where, how do you go through housekeeping? How do you think about that? Yeah. So I think at the end, I talk about a little bit more about my systems and this is in no way a reflection of how good I am at keeping to my systems. So I try to have, <laughs> I try to have backstops of like, here's an idea, like day, week, month, quarter, year, et cetera. I'm probably only like 60% of the way successful keeping on track of that. And so this is why for the housekeeping of like basically get everything to inbox zero, get all Slack messages cleared out. My ideal situation would be every day that's all zeroed out every single day. But I have a backstop every week, then I do a week review. And then if I have a backstop to that, like if I don't do that every week, then I have a monthly one. And so I have these, again, fail safes along the way. I need to implement that. I make these systems. I'm like, oh yeah, great. I'm going to do this, this daily checklist in the morning, in the evening. And then life happens and it's crazy and you travel and you, your routine gets thrown off. You need to take a meeting early. For me, it's just always important to go through this. Again, it would be ideally daily, but it's not. But it's just any sort of digital thing that I have that I use, any tool, anything where I need to do anything or respond to anything, even like you said, like book travel, anything like that, it's just done and it's gone. Get a completely clean slate. And why is this important to you? Why, you know, I've come around on this. I, I think I used to be someone who would say your inbox isn't that important, but now I'm like, you know, actually it is. <laughs> yeah. It just, it bothers me if it's not, at least even if I go through when I'm coming to one of these reviews, I'm always like much more aggressive about deleting things. For example, I'll be like, you know what? I'm just not, I can't respond. I'm, I'm out. I'm like, I have way more important things to do. It's not a judgment on this email and the quality of the copy or whatever. I just can't respond. And uh, for some reason, it feels very important to me that these things are addressed before I go into the review process. David Allen and GTD, I mean, I think I first read that like nine years ago. So helpful. And he calls yeah. them open loops. I think other people call them the same thing. And I think there's some amount of bandwidth. And if you're a person who's listening, who doesn't have this, and they can have all of these things in post-its everywhere, email inbox of 5,000 emails, great. <laughs> I'm envious of you because I wish that could work for me, but every little thing for me adds up. I noticed that if I don't do this and I try to go into the review process, I'm like, oh shit, I need to do this. Let me just fire off this email real quick because I forgot about this. Because like, as you're planning, at least for me, all these things get inserted into my brain. And if I know, okay, yes, I have a taken care of and sorted away and I know that I'm going to be able to get to that, it's all captured. I can just forget about it and move on. Yeah, I agree with that. For me, there's these vague, large things that create anxiety, even if they're simple, like travel conflict plan for summer vacay when someone's birthday is here and you got to get a mm -hmm. place over here. And it's like, okay, Schedule a meeting two weeks from now when that person's free, get on the phone with them and have the action item to complete a decision about that particular trip. Somehow that open loop can affect this process for me. Yeah. Every human, no matter what job or role it is, whether you have a classic job or not, you're going to have way more inbound things, obligations in life than you'll ever be able to do. And so having some level of organization of what's going on in your life personal, business, anything, relationships, and then how you're going to address that and figure out next steps and move forward. I think that people need to have some sort of system or else they get swept away in this current of life 
And then they end up doing a review like this seven years later. Oh shit, I didn't even realize how far off track I got. And it sounds silly to relate that to a, a day-to-day, am I checking things off a list? Yes or no. But I believe this is a, like the only real way you can stay on top of it and not get far downstream without looking back to where you came from. All right, well, so step one, we're housekeeping. Step two, we're reflecting on the previous year. What do you think is the most critical part of this reflection for you? By the way, do you use your photos in your phone to do this? Like, how do you remember everything that happened? <laughs> yeah, look through all the photos in your phone, events on your calendar, entries in journal, social media posts, things I completed in task management, and then either like notes. So I just, uh, have this combination of journal of like Evernote ideas. Sometimes I just put out and then I put into these buckets. I think the photos are the best thing for me personally and calendar. So when I look back at a calendar, I can typically have like a visceral reaction positively or negatively about how that thing in my calendar went. <laughs> Especially when I see the same thing 25 times, I'm like, oh yeah, I hate doing that. Why is it, why was that on my calendar 25 times if I hated doing it? And like keeping track of those things or like, man, I really like doing these things. Like, yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. And so those two things, usually the phones are more the highlights and the calendars are more the lowlights. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Did I get the right things done? Yes or no? Like more business review, stuff like that. Is that the step three, review the outcomes? So there's a reflections period in step two, and then there's the outcomes. How are they different? Yeah. So this will make sense more so if you've done this consecutive years. And so just reflect is like, where are all the things that included in my year? And then step three of like review the outcomes are like, okay, the goals that I did in the December of this year, I'll go through like, okay, all of the goals that I set at the beginning of the year, how did all of those go? And I already know, like I'm off track on so many things. And so it's more of like, okay, here's all the stuff that I said was important. Did I get those things done? Yes, no, why not? I like these, are these goals still important? Yeah. I call that kind of refactoring. I don't know if I'm using the word right, but I love deleting and simplifying. Oftentimes like goal setting is like an expansive activity. Mm -hmm. And then as you like experiment with how you might get towards that goal, you can like refactor and just simplify it. Like, oh, here's how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do the simple thing instead of all the things sort of, or at least that was one of the major themes of yesterday's. Like as we got further along in our goal, we realized that a lot of the things we were doing, we didn't need to do anymore and we needed to focus more. Isn't that the best feeling? It's a wonderful feeling. I was like, went into the team Slack and I was like, delete that, delete this. We're not actually even going to do that anymore. Those customers are no longer our customers. It was awesome, man. It felt great. When you can stack stuff or just remove stuff and get clear and go, oh yeah, this, that's right. This isn't important, but I got it crept on here somehow before. What habits, people, or environments supported me in reaching my goals? And so, yeah, one of them is the inverse of what you said of what are the habits, people, routines, environments that prevented me from reaching my goals? And how do I remove these blockers? A lot of people get extreme with this one. And I think that you can remove them just by having a conversation. Like, for example, I noticed one of the things that my fiance was doing was preventing me from being focused and the relationship. <laughs> I didn't yeah. go that far. It was just like, hey, I did this reflection and this stuff's really important to me. And when you do this, it actually prevents me from doing that and it leads to some resentment. Can we like can we figure out some way to address this moving forward? I think there's a lot of times people think they need to, well, we, you're the average of the five people you spend your time with. Therefore, you should only like cut these people out and do this thing or <laughs> don't go to these events or whatever. And it's, it doesn't have to be that extreme. Just be like, yeah. be aware of it and see if you can adjust some of the things very simply. 
without making these aggressive moves, I think is a bit of advice that I should probably put in there for next time. I think that's cool. You know what? It's also easier to compromise when you've defined it. When you just feel resentful, mm-hmm. it, it's easier just to come in here and want to slash and burn. Uh, that that particular comment about a partner resonates with me because sometimes if you don't clearly define what you're seeking and why, it can seem ridiculous to others or feel even ridiculous to yourself. I think that more important than what I'm doing is this review. See, relationships are so important. My fiance and I have a like a weekly, it's kind of a similar thing, but for our relationship. And I think that that has way more payoff than this personal review does. If, if you're with an intimate partner, I think it's such a critical relationship that dictates the rest of your life. And I think that business partnership is like a very, like very close right underneath an intimate partnership. Yeah. A lot of times people spend way, way more time and have way more on the line with a business partner than they do even their intimate partner that they are married to. Same thing, legally, way, way more financial to things to lose, et cetera, on that. But we get more, I think we get more out of pushing our lives forward, doing a collaborative relationship check-in in review process than I do at a personal one. That makes a ton of sense to me. Obviously, it's the most important relationship in your life. And it's just so much more fun when you do this type of stuff and co-create. A lot of times when you go through this process that I have written out, you get these defined things that you want for yourself. You get very clear, which is great. But to have somebody else do something similar and then come together on that, you both think you want this thing. But then when you put those ideas together, something new and emergent comes from that that you weren't able to predict earlier. That is way better than what either person wanted. And so once we started figuring out that, like, oh shit, if we can each figure out our own things and then pull them together and trust in this collaborative sort of magical emergent thing, it's life is so much better. Yeah. And it sounds cheesy, but it's more fun to, to do life with people than, than by yourself. Absolutely. And you shouldn't, it's hard enough being an entrepreneur. You shouldn't frame up your entrepreneurial ambitions to the other things in your life that are holding you back. It's a common idea. If your ambitions are so strong, other people who introduce ideas into your life, they can look like detractors or things that are going to hold you back from those goals. But a process like this can make it collaborative. Like that ambition can be shared and supported and ought to be supported in your core relationship. I just want to give a big thanks to all of you who listened to ads like this and went on over to dynamitejobs.com to see what we've got going on over there. Because of that, we've helped place hundreds of qualified remote professionals in your companies last year. And for this holiday season, many of you are gearing up your operation for continued growth in 2022. And to help you do it, we've got three exciting options for you to explore. The first is our entirely new hiring platform with a job post dashboard that allows you to repost and promote anytime. We've got a growing list of features there, including intelligent promotion options to help you get the maximum amount of applications. We've also got our done-for-you service. If you're sick of sorting, assessing, and interviewing, you can hire our senior recruiting staff to do the heavy lifting on your behalf. They are experienced at identifying trajectory, alignment, salary fit, and much more. And the best part is it's a flat fee. If you're hiring multiple times in 2022, we're offering bundles with steep discounts. Head on over to dynamitejobs.com and book a call to hear about that. And finally, we offer contract recruiting. That's right, a zero-risk hiring option if you don't really know about the long-term fit or if you're looking for a partner to help take care of the legalities of hiring contractors. 
We can do that for a monthly fee for the contractors that you bring on board. So let's grow together. If you're looking to grow your remote business, book a call with our team and find out today how Dynamite Jobs can help. You can find out about this and much more over at dynamitejobs.com slash remote recruiting. All right, so we are past step three. We've reviewed our outcomes of the last year. And now we're moving on to step four, which is where you are now. This is a not an intuitive next step for me. So can you explain your process for going here? And what does it mean to go to talk about where we are now? I think a lot of times people have the idea that they have some like really cool routine in their life structure and they do calendar blocking and all of these fancy things <laughs> to organize their time. But then they actually assess what's going on in their life. Like you talked about even doing a financial review can be one of these things. Like, wait, what is the status of my life? Like, where am I? Like, how am I spending my time? Who am I hanging out with? What is going on? What do I care about? What drives me ne- like today? Because a lot of this stuff, for, for me at least, and again, I'm a, a little bit of an erratic person, but my interests and curiosities can change in extreme ways rapidly. And so even when I do like a quarterly review throughout the year, like I may be changing my goals quite a lot. And so that's why I think it's important to not base this stuff on like, Oh yeah, well, last year I did a review and I said it was like this. So like, I'm going to keep doing every review based upon what I want, not moving forward. And so that's why I think like just thinking about like, what are the habits that I do? How do I behave? How do I spend my time? What do I mm. care about? Like, what are, like, what if I close my eyes and imagine like what I want my life to look like in three years? I mean, it's kind of like bridging into the next step. Like, where does that root of thinking about where I want to go come from? And this is why going back to the reflection, I think it was step two. For me, a lot of times the shifts will come from pivotal books that I read throughout the year. And so there's generally like 20 or 30% of the books that I read or I can trace back like, oh, I've had this random shift in my life due to this sort of information that I've digested. I usually get down crazy rabbit holes and read 30, 40, 50 books on like a specific topic. And some of them will like shift my mindset. And so now for me, fascination of farming and doing this type of work, et cetera, is a product of the last like two or three years accumulating in my brain. And I'm like, okay, I have to live this way. It's like, sounds like you, you're pushing down to the health fundamentals. Getting clear about that type of stuff. So like, for example, there is a number three here in the, where are you now? Like, what is my purpose? For me, I think it will always be roughly the same, which is to help people have better health so they can experience better reality. And the vision of how do I get there? What does that look like? Went from me being a Cairo to like having online information then doing CPG companies and then doing other stuff and then now it's making healthy foods. Like that type of thing changes a lot. I think maybe purposes can change a couple of times if you like you're pretty rooted in what you're doing a couple of times in maybe a decade or even a lifetime. But the vision of like, oh, is this the way I want to help people through these companies same way? And for me, kind of going up and down, like I'm, I'm trying to figure out again, like where my next move is going to be. So I don't have it all figured out. It's interesting, this uh, process you have of a landscape piece of paper with columns of start, stop, and continue, and you're writing in habits there. These habits are creating up space on a piece of paper. If there's a lot of things you want to continue, like that's a lot of things to continue. Maybe you can't start as many things, or maybe you have to stop more things. I've never really seen that idea before. I don't know where I got most of this stuff, but I've, I don't think I made up any of this stuff. I'm sure I stole it all from other people. So credit to everybody else out there who's in the work of, of creating these exercises. One of the things that I want to put in the next year's that actually I did in January was a new tool 
which is called the timetable. I made this Google spreadsheet calculator that like automatically spit out how much time I have in a day, given like all these activities I want to do in a week or even a day. And so maybe I'll like say meditation, 20 minutes a day equals how many hours a week. And then we'll like calculate everything out. So as you put in each activity, it goes in there. So I, I had all my goals and then I was plugging everything in and I was getting to the end. I was like, oh shit. Like, Fiance time. <laughs> I, I, I do not. But yeah, I joke all the time. Hey, you're, like, you're past your hour and a half on the timetable today. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, just, I don't know where this is going to come from. But yeah, I mean, I was, I was doing this and I realized that this is why I probably missed so many of my goals is because I'm just trying to do too much stuff and be realistic about how much time does this take? And then putting in a buffer of life happens, stuff comes up, it's never going to be perfect, just fine. I'm far past the ego part of, oh, I hit, I set all these goals. I must hit all of them. And if I don't, then I'm a failure. It's very obvious to me. Like I've, that needs to be a core part of this of, can you actually do the things that you say you want to do in the air from a sheer like, like time capacity? Yeah. Shockingly, it might sound really stupid that I've been doing this for like almost 10 years, but I've never done that part. So I've never done that. And so that's going to be part of next year's. So to recap so far, just so everybody's on the same page, we started off with housekeeping. We reflected on the last year. We reviewed the outcomes of the previous year. We defined where we're at now. And then in step five, we talk about, we define what we want. And this, you have quite a bit of writing here. Can you maybe pull out one of the exercises here that resonates the most with you year over year? Yeah, I think that I have so much here because even for myself, what I want in the year coming forward has changed and looked so different that I've wanted to not put people's, when I wrote this up, I didn't want to have people have their mindset in a box. And I wanted to have it be very open because I think that sometimes focusing a year on simplifying life, like you were talking about, having less obligations is the best outcome or changing a behavior or creating new relationships or finding a purpose in life or these very strict business goals. And so I think that when people think about goal setting, they typically try to think about it in terms of like exact number outcome. I can check this thing off of a box. I don't remember exactly where I heard this either, but you have to sort of focus the core, which I think is mental and physical health of yourself. Because if you don't do that, then you're just going to, the same way, like I said earlier, you're just going to be terrorist to all of your friends and family and everybody around you. And so physical health, mental health, and like spiritual slash emotional health, I think are the three big buckets that I try to never ignore now. And those goals in there can look really weird just depending on what's going on. That's why I framed this guy, like some questions. And I try to like think of new ones every year I do this, just again, dependent on where I am to try to like think of through like how in the year ahead, instead of what can I have, which I think was what a lot of people think of when they think of goal setting. Interesting. This is definitely the most robust section with many prompts under all different categories of life, family, travel, fun, finances, work. I appreciate your methodology here too, because you're basically saying uh, you wouldn't want to restrict the possibilities for what people want, essentially. I can sometimes get in the trap of, oh, I did it this way and it worked well, so I should do it this way again without appreciating that I'm a different person every year that I do this. By this point, people are in the document. Step six is kind of uh, the step that pulls it all together. And you set an action and a plan. What has worked for you in terms of putting rubber to the road on these retreats? You put a lot of energy into them. 
get all stoked. You bought custom markers from Amazon. Like this is a big thing. And part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is it sounds like you've, it's worked for you. Like you've have the walk to go along with the talk. And so how does it work in your case that these retreats, reviews, they lead to positive action? Going through even this process, it takes three to five days. And at the end of the day, like some psychological thing, it's what your dad told you you wanted when you were younger. I don't give a shit. At least you've gone through the process and created a container and took a serious look at everything and readjusted. Like the chances are so much lower that you're doing it from a place of something that you actually care about. I think that is half of it. And the other half is creating a system that keeps you on track. So that way when life gets crazy and three days after you do this and you have a year to go, that you have some guardrails. And like I said, for myself, I get off track all the time. And you see how strict this stuff is. And so I never want to portray to people like I have some immaculate system that never goes awry. It goes awry all the time. Just to be completely honest about how hard it is, it's extremely hard. So having some, like having everything authentically defined before, where you're at, where you want to go, and then having some sort of system. So this is where, to pick on Martha, my fiance, even more, hopefully she doesn't listen to this, but <laughs> she's gotten great at the first 50%. She still doesn't, like, hasn't figured out her way to put things to action and organize. And like every week or two, she's like, oh, things is amazing. I can't believe I didn't figure it out until now. Like I'm so organized. And then she gets super stressed out and the week after she's like, oh, Asana is so great. This is so amazing. I'm actually getting stuff done again. And so planning this step of what systems are going to keep me on track, where I review the goals that I set, that I know that this is, I can cross things off and to have it be low stakes. And just know like, okay, if you've gotten to this point and you have any plan, it's so much better than no plan. It's interesting. This type of process for me is reframing relationships in positive ways and in kind of leadershipy ways. We all kind of daily interact with people we've known for months, years, decades. And I'll often find myself going back to those people. You go to your family and you say, Hey, are you guys open to spend this week in June together? I'd really love to see you guys and like do this thing we've talked about. Or you go to your relationship partner, you go to your business partner, you go to your sales team. I find that for me specifically, the kind of takeaways often, I want to put these realizations into the ways I'm interacting with the people around me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I found myself this morning, like firing off a lot of communiques to people and saying, hey, would you like to change this to this? Would you be up for that? Would you be open to this? I think we could get a lot done or I think we could have a lot of fun or whatever it is. Yeah, I like that. So I must have like this external accountability to it. Yeah, or it, it just has this clear takeaway of, I need to reframe this. Like, I'm not happy with this relationship, yeah. or I'd like to have more of this relationship, or um, just trying to, like, give examples of specific things that come away from these review processes. Because I think, especially in relationships, it's easy to relate to, like, inertial effects. Like, these review processes give me the confidence to redefine relationships with people where it takes a little bit of bravery and a little bit of proactiveness and some groundedness to be able to say... Even something as simple as, uh, you know, this uh, on the very low end, it's, hey, I'd love to work with you closer. How could we do that? Mm -hmm. Is there some time we can carve out for each other to meet in person or to meet on this rhythm? Or at the high end is like, I really miss this friendship. Is there a way we can repair it? What, how could I approach that project? That's amazing. I think that relationship sounds like it's a big part of your review the other day, which is awesome. How do people screw this up? A lot of people, meaning me, 
<laughs> There's pretty much every, every single way that could be screwed up. I've, I've done it. And again, like this is so in depth. People are going to be getting jacked up about this. You feel empowered. What are some ways that you, things you wish you would have known back at the beginning when you started implementing this process? Having some sort of a system of accountability for yourself. And if that's with somebody else, like sometimes if you do this with a friend or a relationship partner or a business partner, a lot of times they'll help people. For me, I'm pretty internally driven, so it's totally fine for me to do it by myself, but I've done it without systems of here, I'm going to review this stuff. I'm going to stay on top of it. I think that's a big one. I think another one is trying to expect too much out of it too soon and not realizing like a year is such a long time. It goes by like that. But man, when you look back at what you can get done in a year, day to day, it seems kind of like you're not making any progress, but you look back at a year, it's insane how much you can get done. But also it's easy to overshoot. And so just being okay with letting the whole thing unfold and say, hey, this is the process and let me learn from this year over year and think about it from a much longer term thing instead of what I see a lot of people doing is do something like this and then they come up in the year two and they're reviewing the outcomes part and they're like, oh man, I only got 10% of the things done. Yeah, maybe these 10% of things are a hundred times what you would have done without the process. <laughs> and I think just realizing that there's such an importance to this reflection process is so key. If you got a process that really works for you, like Anthony's, I'd love to hear about it. I'm kind of nerding out on review processes lately. And as our company grows, as our projects get bigger, we shift around when we're talking to whom about what. And so these sorts of processes are very interesting to me right now. I'd also like to thank Anthony Gustin. You can check out what he's up to over at anthonygustin.com. We will also post his excellent annual review document in the show notes, as well as the review document that Ian and I are using for our quarterly reviews. We'd love to hear your thoughts on those. That's it. We'll be back as always next Thursday morning. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.